Welcome back to the Ugly Pike Podcast, here live in the studio with Frank. And hey, hey. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Here we are again, Frank. Another year's gone by, and uh, I'd have to say it's been a great year for us. Uh, so much to talk about. This is going to be our year-end review podcast, where we just kind of go over uh, some of the people we talked to, discuss podcasts, what whatnot, that we did in 2018. i tell you what I'm really excited for in 2019, Ugly Pike Hoodies. Chris and I are working pretty hard right now finalizing designs, and any day now in the next week or so, we will post the artwork for what these are going to look like. We will open the sale only for a short amount of time, collect orders. Uh, Once they're sold out, the stock that we make will throw these into production and get them out to those who ordered. So we have a limited quantity that we will put out for sale. First come, first serve, so stay tuned for the sale dates. On social media, we'll give plenty of notice. And uh, yeah, get on and grab one if you like. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. And you know, it's a hoodie. Everybody loves a hoodie. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and hopefully it's uh, comfortable and it, it, it uh, becomes that favorite hoodie for you. That, that would be great for us. Should we talk about that special project that we're doing too? Or should we just wait? Sure, if you want to bring it up. Why not? Nah, let's wait. Okay, let's wait. <laughs> okay, so um, Frank, 2018 we tackled a lot and we had some uh, epic guests on the show. We had, you know... Silly. Uh, yeah, I don't even know where to begin in, in terms of the, the status of some of the guests we had. But we had, you know, uh, a good mix of people that yeah. covered so much of the muskie industry, which is usually... It is what we're trying to target with this podcast, from mm-hmm. legendary anglers to kind of grassroots groups, fishermen to mm-hmm. kind of social media presence, uh, people who are, you know, um, like Jesse, you know, somebody that we yeah. would have typically not thought would be a guest on our show, but then when we got to learn about her profile yeah. and what she's all about, we thought she'd be a perfect <clears throat> guest. So where yeah, do we she start? Was. She was awesome. She, she was, yeah. Where do we start? You want to go through some of the people we, we talked to last well, year? Well, I, I can tell you the, the first person that we uh, got we had the pleasure of interviewing in 2018 was, is one of the my very favorite people that I've gotten to know throughout this whole adventure the last couple of years, and that's John Anderson with the Ottawa River Muskie Factory. Uh, stellar guide, legend, and as it turns out, all around good person he's a great guy i've had uh, the pleasure of spending some time with him so have you and uh he's always charitable hospitable and um never really hesitant to share his knowledge i i really i really like him for that reason and uh for his scotch collection so john if you're uh if you're listening you know call me anytime you're you're sitting there with a angler with 40 years guiding experience Mm-hmm. you know you're going to learn something yeah and that's you know when we spoke to him um yeah i, I, I can't <laughs> all we did was learn like yeah you learned a lot and not only that but we like i bought a really great uh bucktail from him and he makes his uh musky factory baits and that bait saved my butt up at laxul got me my fish and got me a lot of follows on the niagara this year he saved my butt in uh uh, Lake Saint, or, uh, sorry, Laxul. His uh, oh. salt and pepper. Oh. Uh, Is that what got your big one? Yeah. And, I, and, I, and actually, that was moving all the fish, so I just kept going back right. to it. Every time I'd have a dead spot, like I didn't move anything for a couple hours or whatnot, I'd just go back to it because, you know, the whole confidence thing, mm-hmm. I moved fish on it, so I kept sticking with it. And that's where I landed, I think, uh, three of the four fish or two of the right. three fish on that on that bait and I sent him a message about it and he got right back to me he was yeah. really happy and so. that's cool it's funny because like I, I never learned this lesson and I know you don't because we always have to carry each other's luggages in the airport and stuff but it's like you go on these trips and you like you don't want to not take any of your baits but then you always get there and it's like you throw one or two baits the whole trip mm. right I mean Maybe we're doing it wrong. I don't know. We we had a pretty successful trip up at Sewell, but same thing went with Eagle and uh, and Andy Myers Lodge. It's like, oh, we're gonna bring this. I'm gonna bring this and two trays and carry ons and oh shit. And then you get there, it's like black and smoke bucktail. Boom, 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 boom. Hammer, hammer, hammer. It's so hammer. hard though, right? Like you have all this stuff you've yeah. invested in it, and you're like, I want to try this out. Mm-hmm. And exactly what you said, you get there, and the guy's like, No, no, no put this no, on. No, put this on. <laughs> and shut up. And you're like, But what about this? Mm. Yeah, if you don't want to catch anything, put it on. Yeah, we're starting to sound like broken records, but listen to your guides, right? They know. 
But, uh, you know, uh, you're right, though. I mean, part of the, I think part of the catch of this podcast is that we do integrate, you know, legends and hobbyists. And for the people on social media, we've got a lot of people that really contribute to our pages, uh, a lot of DMs from people. We're going to circle back with you guys in 2019 and want to get a bunch of you guys on the show. And uh, we really like the grassroots elements uh, of this approach, getting hobbyists on the show because we know that uh, hobbyists have uh, a lot of knowledge to share and a lot of cool stories, and we want to connect with our listeners, and, and that's the way we do it. And Hans the Carver was no different. Yeah, before we get on that, just, yeah. just to that point, like mm-hmm. some of the successes we can talk about is that when we first started this, we were, we were, we were like, who can we get as a guest, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, Frank and I were picking each other's brains to say, okay, well, let's interview this guy, let's interview this guy, and we had our strategy of who we were going to call, and now... We have this long list of people that have approached us and, mm-hmm. and asked to, to come on the show and talk about certain things. So I think that just, I mean, it, shows, it speaks to the evolution of, of this podcast. Yeah, I really want to get into the U.S. and, and get some more American uh, personalities and talking more about U.S. destinations. Um, I, I, I really want to do that. And uh, Speaking of U.S.? Speaking of U.S., Hansa Carver. Hansa Carver, yeah. That was, uh, I think that was, a, it was one of my favorite episodes just because of the whole kind of... Um, I don't know, masterpiece that he brought into the studio. And uh, I was blown away. And this guy is a true artist and he carves masterpiece, uh, masterpieces for a living. And all you have to do is just go on his website and you see some of the fish that this guy uh, creates and mm-hmm. you'll understand just by What did looking. he just do? You were telling me earlier. I, I've been, uh, so Hans is another guy we're hoping to get back very soon. Um, he just did like a wicked fish. He's working on a 56 inch oh, muskie. Yeah. And the, the woodwork is on his website right now and you could just see the, the kind of like the epic nature of this fish mm. that he's working on. And hopefully we'll be able to see that in the studio and get some photos. But I don't know if... Um, if he's going to be able to transport that or not, maybe he'll maybe he'll be at the Odyssey. Uh, that would he's be really cool yeah, if the, if the viewers could see a replica, guys. If you're going to the Odyssey this year in April, look well. Don't even look up because Hans is like seven feet tall. You'll see the top of his head and underneath him some of the most stunning replicas of fish you ever saw. I mean, there's we can't talk about it enough. They're just they, they blow your mind how beautiful they are. If you're looking to invest in something like that, you want to you want a showpiece in your in your house of one of your lifetime fish, mm-hmm. uh, one of your lifetime catches, then you, you, you know, and he doesn't just do musky. Of course he does other species. Mm-hmm. Uh, just give him a, a call and work something out in terms of the scheduling. But I know he's booked, like he said, he was working on stuff like yeah. from, for a year from now. He's in high demand. He's in high demand. Is a, a heck of an angler too. So, um, picking his brain on how he fishes is uh, probably smart too. If you're, you're, uh, commissioning him for a, a piece of his art, Hans was one, I believe, one of the, the three co-founders of Red October Base. Yes. So yes. Uh, keep that in mind, guys. He's not just a guy who's good on the on the carve. He's a guy who uh, really knows about musky behavior and uh, was one of the co-creators of, in my opinion, one of the greatest musky baits ever ever uh, produced. So so then we we had another <laughs> little, huge legend. A little small, bit of a guest. A little bit of a guest, <clears throat> Mr. Al Lidner and Jer- Jeremy Smith. And, you know, as much as we wanted to speak to them about musky fishing techniques, musky knowledge. We really wanted to focus this podcast on this controversial bill, SF3319. Mm-hmm. And that really was the focus of that that podcast, which I think, you know, was great because we were really, really kind of to the point and got their opinion. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean... There's not much more. If you, if, there's not much more to say about that podcast other than it was very, very focused. And mm-hmm. at the end, we did pick a few uh, strategies and kind of uh, techniques yep. from from Al. Um, but uh, what, what what do you have to say about the that? The takeaway for me from that was I really we really ferreted out sort of the mentality of a lot of the anti musky community. And that is like uh, 3319, SF 3319, for you guys who don't know, was a bill that was designed to really curb the muskie population in some of the lakes down south in the United States, in the, in the Minnesota area. And, um, you know, we heard a lot of bullshit. You know, I, I was on a lot of the forums, I was listening to a lot of the people on Facebook pages, and the people that were for that bill were, you know, muskies are eating all the walleyes and blah, 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 blah. And it's like... You know, you're, you're, you're projecting your shortcomings as an angler because it's not the muskie that's preventing you from catching your dinner. It's a lot of other things. 
Um, and but there was so, no scientific basis on any not, on any of the no. the uh, proposals kind no. of agenda. It, so it was, yeah, yeah. And so if anyone is local and anyone is current with SF thirty three nineteen, reach us, reach out to us on social media because. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little ashamed to say I don't know the status of that bill and how, how it all worked out or didn't work out. So uh, if anyone's listening and you're plugged into the scene down there, Chris and I would really love to know uh, whatever ended up happening with that. Hopefully it stalled out and it didn't make it. I know they were trying to um, uh, put this in some other bill and bury it and uh, we just don't know what happened to it, but we hope it, uh, it died on the vine. That would be nice. And hopefully we get Alon back on at some point. I mean, honestly, Chris, you, Chris and I had talked about, um, you know, hopefully getting down south and, and doing some fishing in some of the lakes in Wisconsin and Minnesota. So uh, I would love to call Al. Uh, I have another couple of guests in mind that I would love to fish with down there if I'm ever in the area. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I hope it works out. Okay, then we went to... Uh... We had we had an in guest studio. We had Olivia come to the a friend of yours, Olivia friend, Misha. friend of mine now, mm-hmm. um, female musky angler, come into the studio, and uh, we also interviewed Erin Howard mm-hmm. uh, from abroad. I think she's from Nebraska. Is she from, from Nebraska, yeah. fishing out of Utah. So Erin's fish all over the place. She's a heck of an angler, and uh, was it was it women? I think it was Women's yeah, Day. I think it was International Women's Day. Yeah. And you know it was, it was great just about a coincidence. It, it was a coincidence, yeah. but it was just so great to hear their stories and how they broke break down so many stereotypes. I mean, Erin was giving us uh, stories of how she slept in her sleep in her truck for like yeah. a week just so she could be fishing uh, at dawn and all day and not go home and then just sleep in the truck and get up and do it again. Actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure that was Olivia. That said that going to New Was that York. Olivia? Either that or they're both doing it. But I know Olivia does that. And these like these girls are so hardcore. Uh, Olivia also took a trip up to Sewell. She was up at Lac Sewell when we were this year. Uh, fly fishing with a bunch of her girls. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're just as hardcore as any of us guys are. And they produce. And we love them. A great they're social amazing. media presence, too. So if you get on their Instagram accounts, you can mm-hmm. see what they're producing. And Olivia yeah. is, a, is a fly fishing... Uh, Musky angler mm-hmm. exclusively. So, and and Aaron has some of the most beautiful, even tr- like I hate to say it, but like trout pictures yeah. and some of the tiger trout and stuff she's pulling out of there. Man, guys, go to her page, uh, Nebraska Musky Girl. Check out her pictures. She is one impressive angler. They both are phenomenal. And uh, I'd love to have Olivia in the studio again. I'm sure we will soon. I'm sure we will. She yeah. actually had a pretty good season, didn't she? Not uh, not musky. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I don't think she had a good musky season. No, I, I don't think she had a very good musky season. Like, sort of like me. We both struggled this year. A lot of good anglers, a lot of good anglers, musky anglers on social media had a, had a tough year. Actually, it was the one day we were out, it was the day before she didn't catch, but you said she, she brought 15 to the boat or something? Something like that, yeah. 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 The Niagara was a bitch this oh, year. Oh, it was tough. It was tough. I lost to both side. And Ned at boated zero in my home waters. It was tough, man. It was a grind. But I'm doing it again next year. I don't care. Don't care. We're just going to keep educating ourselves, getting good guests on, good guides. Uh, guides like Pat Tryon. We had a great, great uh, show with him. A long show. I think we did a two-parter with him. We did a two-parter. And what was great about him is we got we got him in the studio. Mm-hmm. So it's always, you know, it's, it is better when you have the guests right beside you. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't even know where to begin with him. We had a almost two two hour conversation with him on everything from how to you know target muskies in the French River to how to optimize your media on the boat mm-hmm. to uh, bait techniques, uh, rod techniques, uh, you name it. Yeah, we, we we covered everything in that episode, and he is uh, incredible, mm-hmm. uh, focused, intense, and intense. knowledge knowledgeable musky angler that. A great story too about how he came from the states into yeah the Chaudière Lodge and you know now he's a full time guide there guide guide there and yeah how he sort of landed on one of the greatest fishing musky fishing areas fishing areas in Canada just sort of almost by chance really cool story guys check out Pat's episode um, he guides out of the Chaudière Lodge one of the very best lodges on the French River top notch one of the funny funny stories I remember from that episode was. We've all been there and how we evolved into musky anglers. And do you remember his story about... Uh, 
I'm a pike fisherman. I'm a, I'm a pike guy. <laughs> I'm a pike guy. Like when when he reached that level of being a pike angler, that was it for him. And then he had that outing with those two guys that kind of like became mentors for him. Right. And uh, then he realized, you know, what musky fishing was uh, all about, and right. kind of evolved to that. But that that whole kind of I'm, I'm a pike guy. That was a it's like you haven't lived till you've, you've hoisted a 14 pound pike, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, he knew it all when he was young. That was that was a young Pat saying that, and you know we all we all thought we knew it all when we were younger. And of course, you grow and develop as people. You grow and develop as anglers. And Pat is uh, a hell of a guy. Check out that episode if you guys haven't listened to it at all. Um, it's phenomenal. Then we had another uh, extremely interesting guest, Mr. Steve Hiding, editor of Musky Hunter magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took away from that episode uh, some really interesting things about how they integrated the the educational aspect mm-hmm. with you know making these seminars and then translating that that kind of knowledge into the practical experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that ESOC uh, school mm-hmm. and the whole program of going out to these uh, was it Lake of the Woods or whatnot where they would have seminars during the during the night and then they would translate all that information onto the boat and and uh, apply the techniques mm-hmm. on the water. And then he was explaining how all these all these uh, students or catch rates were going up, so you could see how they right. uh, were were applying the knowledge and were, were being successful. So I like hearing stories about that, how you're applying the theoretical mm-hmm. and the strategies and the different kind of knowledge tips, and then and then translating that onto the boat. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, you know when we. I'm not. I'm not sure there was one when you were up, but when I was at Andy Myers and, and Herbeck would do his seminars at night. And then you'd go out the next day and, and employ all his tactics and, uh, you know, they would yield success too. But, you know, these, it just goes back to these experts, you know, listen, study, listen to what everyone has to say and find out what works for you. Uh, Steve is the editor of Muskie Hunter Magazine. He is still the editor of Muskie Hunter Magazine after the ownership switch. He is a great guy and he's approachable. So if there's anything anyone wants to know about the magazine, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Steve wouldn't mind taking the time out to answer questions about that magazine. It's a fantastic publication, and uh, he's a great guy, great organization. We're looking forward to having uh, Greg Thomas, uh, who purchased the uh, him and Tony back on, to uh, talk about their new vision for the magazine. So that episode hopefully will be coming up soon. Stay tuned for that. But uh, by all accounts, a really great organization. So Yeah, to your point on uh, um, Herbeck as well. Yeah, he didn't give any seminars when we were up that year together, but for somehow we managed to uh, be a 13, with him. 13-hour seminar. <laughs> for three hours from like when we walked in to when the night was over. So we did get, get a kind yeah. of a private seminars there. My, my, my favorite, well, this is, this is last year, so maybe not this year in review, but go back and find the Steve Herbeck episode, guys. I mean, when he tells the stories about these huge fish, like that huge ghost, fish he saw, ghost, yeah. it's just, you know, I, I put a clip up on Instagram of a video clip from Jaws, but it reminds me of the story uh, when Quinn is tell, telling about the uh, when the boat gets sunk and all the, you know, just the intensity this guy has. It's a true passion. But you've got to put that in context, right? Like a guy like that telling stories about a fish that, made his jaw drop when mm-hmm. he's boated probably like like several 60 inch fish or or high 50 inch fish yeah. you know um in his lifetime countless low 50 inch mm-hmm. muscle yeah. and then when he's talking about this fish like it just you know dwarfs those fish yes yeah. yeah it's it's blows your mind that that lake that lodge was on fire this year they had a really really great season and uh yeah, I mean, I'll, my takeaway, even though, again, this wasn't from last year, but I always think about what he said about when the day my knees stop shaking in the boat is the day I give up musky fishing. That was one of the coolest takeaways from there. And, you know, just when you start doubting yourself because you've got a big fish on the line and you're nervous, just, you know, the the, the cream of the crop still gets that, that butterfly too. So it's all part of it. And in, 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 in one of the things that I, I'll, I'll never forget from him that I apply while we're while we're fishing till today is that was it five or seven of his biggest fish were caught on one fish days and that that for me is so important because you know you you're so kind of dejected it's been mm-hmm. it's been 10 hours or eight hours and you've had nothing and mm-hmm. nothing nothing and you're so kind of tired and you want to you want to shit you know pack it all up and go inside mm-hmm. but those are the times those are the times where you you hook into that legendary fish that's going to change your life and yeah 
as he said, you know, and this yeah. is a guy with another another forty year experience angler, been uh, guiding muskie for forever, telling you that you know his biggest fish come on one mm-hmm. one fish days. Yeah, that's got to keep you going. It's got to keep you going. Look, look at what happened to us at Sewell. We had that day where we had no follows for nine hours, and the tenth and between the tenth and eleven hour, we boated three. I think we saw a bunch more, but you know those windows are going to open. You got to stay alert. And uh, the other thing was, I don't know if you remember, because it was, I don't know if it was the same day or not, but because they're all kind of melding together, but up at Sewell, the big fish that I lost. Yeah. Was that the day you got your 50? Do you I think it was the next day. The next day? Because that thing hit at the boat, and we were all kind of asleep. No, no, because the day I got the 50, uh, 50 and a quarter, whatever, it was, it was right at the end. It right at the end. Right at the end. Okay. It was starting to get dark. The pictures were kind of blurry because the it was sun starting was... to get dark. But we yeah. fished into the night. We did. Yeah. But your fish was at the, almost the exact same time right, yeah. the next day because it was still light. That's right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and and it was almost in the same exact location and the same exact time. Really? In the same angle of the boat. Yes. And and uh, we were just. It was it was actually. I, I think where you're going with this was we were just kind of. We were tired. Yeah. It was another long day with yeah. no action. And then you know, yeah, all of a sudden, so much noise. Frank it hit just, the boat. It was like we had a twelve-year-old on the hook. It was it was insane. It was like a teenager was on the hook at the side of the boat, flailing. It was so loud and just utter chaos. So, um, do you want to talk about that experience? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> it still st- it still sticks in my craw. I mean, that was a mid fifties class fish. We didn't get it in the boat, but that's musky fishing. You know, what are we gonna do about it? We're gonna go back and get it. Gonna go back and get her next year. That that is the, like the razor thin edge of musky fishing. If you if you're That's gonna right. if you're gonna like at any point if you want to define the, use that saying that that would be the scenario. Like we were so close. Yeah. Like literally in the net and out of the net and there was silence in the boat for a good two minutes. No one said a word. Well, there was some uh, kind of looking and breathing and just all of us rubbing our heads. There was some cursing for the first five no. seconds and then it was yeah it went it went it went. Dead silent. We lost, <laughs> but I lost another one right after that, and that's when yeah. that's when I remember really cursing. But uh, and I don't ever use my, I don't often lose my cool, but that was that was a tough spill. I think the second one was still sort of the bad case of losing the first one. That was a fish of a lifetime. But um, I throw that term around a lot. But Chris and I are dedicated to fishing the finest lakes and the finest waters for the biggest fish. So. Um, we're going to get a lot of cracks at that fish. fish yeah, we're, we're, we're actually going to get to that soon when we go over the okay. Ben Beattie episode. But yeah, we'll talk good. a little bit more in okay. detail about that. Um, the Angler Atlas. This was a really cool company that reached out to us. Um, a really uh, interesting new app that helps you kind of log all of your catches and, mm-hmm. and log all of your data and share that uh, with the angler community. And also with keeping the privacy of the kind of the exact location mm-hmm. that's important to know which was important yeah. to know because you know people work very hard to establish a secret look we won't say secret but locations that yeah. they won't they won't be providing that information to anybody mm-hmm. um so i thought that was you know an interesting app uh, i don't know what you took away from that frank well i think you know if you're that kind of angler who likes to geek out on the gadgets and the technology you know, I think a lot of people are and a lot of people just aren't, right? Some guys just want to get in the boat and shut the phone off and just look at the trees and feel the wind and, you know, forget about the day. And other guys really want to integrate technology, like I said, and geek out and really connect. And uh, I'm sure that's a lot of young English. So I think um, I think that's a really cool tool for people to sort of look into. Uh, Angler's Atlas, you can find them anywhere just by looking online and yeah, uh, social it. media. And, and you know what? If you're that kind of guy, you're going to like this. And if you're not, you don't want your phone on the boat, and you don't, you don't care, then pass on it. I mean, and what we discussed with Joe Booker, we'll get to eventually, but he did make a comment about stuff like this where when one of the things you can, you can do when you make that, that uh, catch is... Log everything, right? Yeah. Log everything. So, what what were the conditions like when you made that catch? Mm-hmm. And if you this this app will allow you to do that, but if you consistently record all of these uh, catches, and then you can start to mm-hmm. evaluate and, and well, patterns, create right? patterns. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just said we were talking about Sewell, and you're like, well, yeah, it was the same time of night. The boat yeah. angle was the same. We were say, right? Logging all that information, I think your odds go up that you're going to catch. So probably probably a really great tool. 
Then I think, uh, Frank, we, we had a real special moment in the year. One yeah. of the highlights is uh, definitely heading to the Fan 590 uh, to be on the Outdoor Journal Radio Show with Angelo Viola, who invited us up as guests. Um, it was a real amazing experience for us to be in the studio live mm-hmm. and to do the show live. Mm-hmm. And he kind of played a little angle on us, said, okay, why don't you guys interview me? Mm-hmm. And which we're, you know, you guys are used to doing all the questions now, mm-hmm. you know, let's, uh, you know, you interview me and, and, and let, let me know what, what you want to talk about. So we had some interesting yeah. dis- discussions about, uh, uh, fishing and, but uh, it just in general, that whole experience, Frank was a, a good kind of eye opener to the pre- professional studio atmosphere yeah. and, and how they set everything up. Well, it was, it was such a great day. I, Angelo, if you listen, We'd love to come back. I mean, Angelo, guys, if you don't know who Angelo Viola is, you live under a rock. But uh, Fishing Canada is a show. Actually, probably a lot of our American friends don't know because he's uh, such a Canadian personality. But Fishing Canada is uh, one of the very biggest fishing shows. Uh, and in fact, uh, on 8.30 a.m., 8 a.m., sorry, Saturdays, the most popular show in Canada, highest rated. So it's a, it's a real national uh, sort of uh, show for us. And I know I watch it every single morning on Saturdays when I'm getting ready to leave the house early. And uh, the studio was amazing. Angelo has so much experience. And, uh, you know, if you can catch their episode out on San Francis where they boat uh, arguably the two biggest fish ever caught on video, uh, two biggest muskie caught on video uh, within, within, five minutes. within five minutes of hitting the water, it's going to really make you sick. But uh, it's impressive nonetheless. Uh, you know, he, he's a heck of a guy and a heck of an angler, and they run one heck of an operation out there, and uh, I really hope to see them again. That was so much fun. Yeah, we've got to work on that. We've got to go back up there. Yeah, we'd love to. Then we had a guy uh, that we've been, uh, what, it took about a year for him to, to get down here? John Lee Oh, John, yeah. I, <laughs> we, John Libera. The Libera, sorry. I always do that to him. Yeah. Uh, the Lebowski lures. But we've been trying to get John Lubera. So many times, and he's incredibly busy. And you know, Excuse we me. have our own schedules that sometimes we, we had a, the ability to meet, but we couldn't do it. We finally got him in the studio, and it was totally worth it. Totally worth it. Great character episode. Man, if you want to know about bait making and fishing, I mean, Johnny's a great angler and he's a great bait maker, and he's busy because everybody wants his baits Lebowski lures, they're spinner baits. I, you know, I don't shut up about them. You know, Johnny doesn't pay us or anything. It's just, you know, lures that we started using that we love. And, uh, you know, I had a fish on with the Lebowski lure in the Niagara this year. And anytime I get a fish in, in gin clear water to bite on a lure, that lure is special to me. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say. It was well, such we, a great we, episode. We talked about the versatility of his lures, right? You yeah. know, sometimes you think spinnerbait, you just throw and retrieve. And and that's it. But you know, he was with the hog collars and, mm-hmm. and then just attaching the stingers and, and different techniques for trolling, uh, different weight systems so you can you know different um, uh, channels or profiles in the water. And of course, he's the he's the inventor of this, so he had a real kind of in depth knowledge of how to fish each one of his product lineup. And mm-hmm. you know, again, you learn a lot, like we did with Red October baits. You learn. When you speak to the guy who invented them, yeah. you actually learn how they're supposed to be used. And we, you know, we both mm-hmm. were guilty of not using Red October right. properly. That's right. And and the same with the Lubowski spinner baits. The other thing is that you just they exude quality when you mm-hmm. put them in the water yeah. and you start retrieving them. You feel the kind of thumping that mm-hmm. is a real. Uh, That's my really my favorite part about that bait is you can really read these baits. If it comes across a hair under the water column, you know. You can, you know that when that very very fine uh, buzz is disrupted, you know, and it's not often. And and a lot of times when you do hit weeds or something, it's you know he says pull your bait up a few feet and let it sink down. And a lot of times that weed will just slide off the hook. They're single hooks. They're not trebles. And um, for that reason, they're very very good in weedy water. And uh, yeah, we we love them. We love them. The other thing is is the cust the custom the custom. Um, ability that he can do for each lure that you want. So if you go on his website, you can see these uh, incredible patterns that mm-hmm. he that he'll do for you that are yeah. very custom, very kind of um, one-off pieces 
that are, that are quite beautiful. So if you have a local water and you want to put a pattern together and send it to him, I'm sure he can accommodate. The biggest, the biggest takeaway from that podcast really for me was his talk about, and I forget exactly the term he used, but he said, you know, the, these baits are weighted so well and you have different options with weights, but that they sink in the pocket, in the pocket, in the pocket, they yeah. sink into the pocket, meaning where the fish is, you know, that's sort of the strike zone of the fish. And if, you know, if you like throwing, you know, double nines or double eights or whatever, or double tens, whatever your thing is for traditional bucktails, you know, unless you're making modifications, these things are meant to stay within, you know, a foot of the water column or so. Um, and then if you have crank baits, yeah, sometimes you can get it down in that pocket. But sometimes you can't. Sometimes you wish your bait went a little, little deeper, a little shallower. The Lubowski seems to always sort of be where I need it to. Um, I fish in 12 to 18 feet of water for the most in my home waters. And it's always where I need it to be. And they, they get bit. So uh, for me, that's really good. One word of caution, uh, some of them are really heavy, the big heavy. So if you try to cast it and you're not holding on to your rod, you're going to cast your rod and your reel and your bait into uh, it right into the water. And then you're going to have to jump in and, and retrieve your lure. Yeah, we learned that the hard way, and sure it, did. It, those those heavy ones, <laughs> you literally like when it touches the water, you have to be in full retrie- retrieve immediately. Um, if you're if you're fishing a a, a shallow depth, yeah, uh, but yeah, like incredibly versatile, uh, high quality baits. Mm-hmm. Just reach out to him, yeah. and uh, you can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Facebook. Um, but he's incredibly busy, so give yourself some lead time if you want. If you're yeah. if you're planning a trip and you want some Lebowski lures, give yourself a couple months and get, yeah. and, and prepare accordingly. Yeah, for sure. Then uh, actually, that episode was great because he set us up with some some uh, some of his lures for the, the uh, trip trip to to Lac Sewell, where right. we met uh, Ben Beatty and spent uh, five six days with him. Yeah, dream come true for, for me. Another, another epic, epic trip. It really was, man. I, uh, it was everything I hoped it would be and I expected it to be. Ben wrote an article years ago in Out of Doors Magazine, Ontario Out of Doors Magazine, that got me interested in musky fishing. So I said, uh, one day I'm going to fish with the guy who wrote this article. And uh, that happened last season. We were very fortunate. And Ben is one of those guys that 100% goes the extra mile as a guy. You know, just like Steve Herbeck was. The guys out at Andy Myers, Ben is very much similar. Like, and we 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 fished with guys that don't. I'm sure we all have, right? Oh, it's time to go. You know, we only said, you know, seven to three or whatever. Yeah, we gotta yeah. go in. It's three oh one. Yeah, it's, three, it's not like that with these guys. It's not like that with Ben. He's determined to put us on fish, and of course, it didn't hurt that we were raising. Like the first fish we raised in that trip was like uh, the biggest fish we saw fish ever uh, I've ever seen. Yeah, it was just. I to put that fish in perspective, so I was I was uh, in the same spot actually. That was all in the same area. Is that where you got yours? That area? Too? Yeah, yeah. No shit. But it was we were further down the drift. Anyways, I, I pulled the fish into the boat, which was a was a jaw dropping fish that everybody kind of was dumbfounded by. I had it on a turn, and then I couldn't get the strike, and it just kind of lazily uh, floated away. But when I ended up catching. My first uh, 50 inch muskie, 50 class muskie, uh, after the, all of the, uh, the excitement settled down, Ben came up to me and he put his arm around me and he said, see that fish? I want you to look at that fish and now you understand how big that first one was yeah. the day you saw it, how much bigger that fish was. That fish looks huge in the water and they don't always look huge in the water even if they're huge out of the water. That yeah. fish looked huge in the water. That was a mid to upper 50s class fish, and it was fat as hell. It looked like a hippopotamus with fins. So, and that was also another day where we, for the first, I think, six hours, we didn't see a thing. Hmm. And then we saw that fish, and, and that's when Ben said, this is, this is what you I can't doing. wait to go back. <laughs> I really can't wait to go back. Guys, just so you know, we're going back. We're going back in the summer. We're going to go see Ben. We're going to go fish our brains out again. I love that lake. I love it. So many highlights from that trip. Yeah. Um, it's, first of all, the setting is incredible. Uh, the lake is gorgeous. The yeah. setting's incredible. The wildlife's incredible. You're there to fish. You're on the water. Um, you will not see. I mean, maybe they will now, but Frank, but mm-hmm. you, you will not see more than one or two musky boats mm-hmm. yeah. from start to finish. I yeah. mean, the pressure is not there, and we hope we hope it stays like that. 
It's funny because like, like I really want to get on the St. Lawrence and really explore because obviously the potential for a massive fish is, you know, it's such an epic lake and water system, I should say. And it's reasonably close to where we live. We could drive there in, in six hours and be on the water, but and I'm not saying but as in I, I don't want to do it because I do, but you know, we all know we all work and families and it's really tough, but just for, there's something to be said for me. For the ritual, getting on an airplane, and I hate flying. Like, it literally takes something like musky to get me on a plane. But to, to land in Thunder Bay, to smell the air when you get out, you know, when you get out of the terminal, and make that drive, you know, four and a half hours north. There's something about to say, stopping at Hoito and waiting an hour for your food. Finished pancakes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, making the, the adventurous trip. Making the drive, stopping along the way, getting the things that you love when you fish, and stopping at this store and that store, and there's something about the ritual, and then sort of arriving, you know, pulling into camp. There's something about that feeling, guys, if you've never done it, you know, I'm sure our listeners have a lot of access to a lot of great bodies of water, but there's something about getting out in the middle of nowhere. Destination trip, yeah. A destination trip. There's really something special about that. And if you're with good friends or family, it even makes it better. So, guys, if if you're not someone who does this often, and I don't think a lot of people are, but put it on your list because it really is, for a musky angler, for an angler, for someone who loves the outdoors... It's a really, really special way uh, to spend time, and you, you got to try it at least once in your life. And maybe we, we've been spoiled in that we've, you know, and from your research and your mm-hmm. experience as well, Frank, we've picked, you know, arguably the two best places you're going to go to. And if you're going to go to Eel Lake, uh, no disrespect to any other lodge owners because I haven't been there, so I can't yeah. evaluate it right. properly, but I can't imagine a better experience than what I had. Top notch musky. It anglers. doesn't exist. Top-notch lodge, yeah. top-notch interaction with other anglers, yeah. and and you know there was I I had no complaints. We're so, talking about Andy Myers Lodge. We kind of shifted in the mid, mid yeah, the, yeah, that, that, yeah. But I'm going then. I'm going back to yeah, yeah. to Ben Beatty. It's like yeah. the, again, it's the same thing. It's like what, what, if I had any complaints, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to say. I mean, yeah. you that, get there, no, no complaints. You have a, a superstar kind of uh, guide mm-hmm. who picks you up and brings you to superstar musky waters. Yeah. And you spend the day fishing it. Yeah. You go home and you're in this great little cabin and you're on the edge of the water and you, you know, have a few beers, have a few scotches, have a cigar, do it all, you know, close shop, do it all over again. We're probably not going to buy several bottles of like vodka and stuff next time too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we fish so much that we don't even have time to drink. Well, this is the problem. I brought, we bought so much alcohol. Bottle of Tito's. Let's get Tito's. Yeah, we're getting Tito's. People come from all over the world for this. Yeah. <laughs> And then we're like, hey, Ben, here's seven boxes of stuff that we should have $300 worth of liquor. Here, have fun, you know. We, I, drank, I drank like six beers all week. You know, you just, you wake up and you don't want to drink. Well, some of you do, I suppose, but I don't. You wake up, you don't want to drink. You fish your brains out. You get home. You're fucking dead. You're dead. It's, it's all you can take. If you fish like Chris and I do, it's all you can take to sit at a table, to, to put that burger in your belly, maybe get a beer down. And just sort of swap. You don't even have to swap stories because you were you're you're shoulder to shoulder all day. Yeah, so it's yeah. just like, how long can I keep my eyes open for? It's usually a half hour, and then you're you're dead. And you start all over again. But that's the way. That's the right way to do it. Yeah, that's me. And Ben was a, an amazing host, and he mm-hmm. did a podcast with us while we were there. So you know, mm-hmm. in line with this review, he did a podcast with us. So have a listen if you haven't. It gives some great kind of tips on Laxul and how the approach there and one of the famous lines he gave us from that podcast is something's going to happen. You know, that's something's going to happen, boys. Something the first question we asked him when we met him was like, you know, what are we in for and he just said something's going to happen and that is very definitive of what what the trip was. Yeah, Things- that's my favorite that was my favorite quote of the whole trip was uh, something boys something's going to happen. And man, <laughs> something something happened. A lot of stuff happened, you know, and uh, after you remember, even on the podcast, because it was before our last day, I must have lost that fish on the last day because we were, it was, cause, it was, because we yeah. said, you know, you had, you had caught your 50 and we said the podcast, like, uh, well, let's hope that this story isn't finished writing itself. And of course it wasn't because we saw that. And then we caught two more after that. Yeah. 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 That 55, mid-class 55-inch fish, guys, when it hit, was tail dancing right at the side of the boat and got in our faces. And it was pure madness, pure awesomeness. You know, we didn't we didn't boat her, but it was still really fun to have that experience. You know, three guys falling asleep in a boat, just autopilot casting, and then this thing just 
leaps out and, and slaps bellies with us. It was really cool. Uh, our next guest really wasn't anything to write home about. No one really knows who he is. He's sort of a lesser-known angler. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't have 40. He has like 60 years experience. <laughs> 60 years experience. Gord Pizer, the doc, the man. I, I still can't believe he, uh, he came on the show. What a thrill. Yeah. Uh, again, it's one of those... You know, when it, 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 he's one of those those guests where you get his bio and you're like, okay, what do I do with this? I can't even, I can't even explain it because no. it's so accomplished and it makes you feel so small, but you try to pick some of the highlights that really kind of stand out like fishing hall of fame stuff. And mm-hmm. the fact that he worked for the ministry and was, um, you know, advising on musky policy, musky conservation, yeah. and really set a lot of the frameworks for modern musky fishing in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, there's a wealth of knowledge, and we, we kind of morphed the morphed the podcast into fall musky techniques. Mm-hmm. And he gave some really interesting um, advice that I think anybody should have a listen if you know for fall musky uh, fishing mm-hmm. on Lake of the Woods too. We, we we talked a bit about Lake of the Woods as home fishery, so if that's a spot you fish or you want to target, you might want to tune into that episode. Uh, Gord lives right on Lake of the Woods. He uh, He's a lucky guy. I mean, he's worked hard for his accomplishments, and uh, but he, he's great. I mean, I, I see him on social media. I saw yesterday he had. He said he had the best lake trout day of his life. I wanted to ask him about if it, if it was better than his, his Lake Athabasca story where they were pulling up those giants. But um, you know, he's always engaged with his uh, fan base and with uh, fellow anglers, getting back to people on social media, talking to people. You know, he's he's a great great guy. There's just there's nothing else you can say. He's a he's a class act. Top-notch guy and, and one of the best anglers in the world. And we're going to get him back on, Frank. I, I certainly hope so. <clears throat> so we brought her up at the beginning of the of this podcast, Jessie Baker. Jessie, yeah. Jessie's sort of up that way, too. She's up near, up, up Winnipeg Way. Yeah. Right near the border. She's in that kind of zone of uh, Lake of the Woods, Eagle Lake. Was she, North, was she North Shore Lodge? North Shore. Cedar was it? Cedar, yeah, Cedar Island, Cedar Island Lodge or something. Yeah, we might have that wrong, but uh, Jesse Baker, if you guys uh, look her up on social media, she's uh, she actually had a really good season. She did. I I have been following her. Yeah. Yes, she killed it this year. Her and her boyfriend Doug, uh, I think, he's from Wisconsin, Doug Wagner, or Green Bay, or something. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's a really accomplished angler and guide out there. And she, you know, she's lucky enough to go back and forth crossing the border and, and fishing the best water she can find. Wasn't she also f- fishing with Pete Mayna? Or wasn't there an episode she was doing or was that Ben Beatty? I know she had some stuff that was going to be recorded um, yeah. for YouTube. Um, I, I can't I, remember I, I if it was something Pete? like that. I, think, I can't remember. But Pete, Pete was going to meet somebody that we had on the show. It could have been her. And hey, guys, if anyone listening knows Pete... We'd love to have him on the show, too. We haven't reached out to him, but, man, he would be a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, so if you could drop the bug, that would be cool. I'm sure he's got lots of good stories. Um, but I'd love to talk to Jesse too, again in the future. She's got a uh, uh, fishing lifestyle, outdoor lifestyles clothing brand that's really neat and uh, really cool stuff. She's got a lot of good projects going on. She's a good angler and a very ambitious girl. So Yeah, and one of my takeaways was... In her travels, when she was doing all these things in, in the States and she was all over, she always grounded herself by coming back to her lodge every summer. Yeah. You know, because she needed to you know, kind of ground herself with her family and, mm-hmm. and being fish, uh, fishing on the lake. Uh, it just speaks to a bit of the Canadian heritage. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure it happens in the States as well. But the, the whole kind of coming home to the, to the lake and yeah. spending the summers fishing and being outdoors. And as Frank mentioned, she has a really, really interesting uh, fishing apparel and lifestyle brand, and you can pick that all up on her mm-hmm. website. But go to her social media and check out the fish she caught this year, man. She, she got some really nice fish. So and a good interview too. I, I, thought, I thought so. I, it, was, it was really funny. Yeah, she's got a good personality. She's very engaging, very charming. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then we had Sarah on Sarah Rabido, and she's an aquatic ecologist. And, yeah. yeah, and she, you know, gave us uh, again a departure. But this is kind of what we're trying to do, guys. We don't want to always have the same types of guests, the same guests yep. on. Um, but Sarah studies Esox and Esox habitats, and um, she did her PhD on on, on Esox habitats. So that's kind of why we reached out to her in the, originally. Mm-hmm. 
So I really like talking about the patterns, the migration patterns and the characteristics of the, um, of the nurseries and stuff like that. So it gives you an idea of, of where these fish, you know, go. Because that's what we're trying to do here, right? What was the, she 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 wrote, reached out to us about a single episode, um, the tracking, the, the the metrics on on the on the episode. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. So what was that about? Was it was it in relation to um, publishing that in terms of the podcast and her research? Or I'm not sure if it was related to pu- publishing, but for some reason she wanted to know the stats on her downloads. Okay. And I'm, I'm sure that was for something she was working on or, or something that she was doing with her network. But uh, I don't think she fully explained it. But, I mean, look, Sarah needs something. We're going to support her. Uh, we definitely want to keep in touch with her to see what her, you know, her ongoing studies and findings are. And if you're interested in sort of the ecology of ESOX and, you know, what they do to live and seasonality and breeding, then check out that episode. It was great. She has a really good, cool pick of a juvenile muskie too. That yeah, you can. Zoom That's in. on our social media, right? Yeah, yeah, we put that on. We we grabbed that from her, but you can zoom in and just see the kind of the youth characteristics of this I future caught, apex. I caught one bird. of those at Eagle. Remember that <laughs> that eleven? <laughs> like get this off. thing smashed my <laughs> smashed my fourteen inch crankbait. It was an eleven inch uh, muskie, and uh, yeah, that uh, hey, the big ones are cool, but the small ones are really neat. You know, you're not going to be holding them up in any picture. Well, the small ones have such amazing color patterns, yeah. right? Because they're so fresh and so young to life. And you look at the side and you have this kind of rainbow and all these spots. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're really great to look at. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then we have our... our was, it, was this our last guest? I think it was our last, last guest. Last but not least. Mr. Joe Booker, who was, a, oh. again, a, one of those guests we tried to get on a few times. But just circumstances as they are, we, we, we failed a few times. And then we finally... Uh, latched on the spot, we got him on, and it was a great, great conversation. Yeah, uh, I love the guy. It's one of those guys that, that you meet over online or whatever on the phone, and you're like, I, I got to meet this guy. He's just such yeah. a great personality, a yeah. great character, and uh, another legendary angler. With yeah, he's an innovator. He's a creator. He's pioneer. He's a pioneer. Yeah. Responsible for a lot of the the kind of modern musky fishing techniques today. And that podcast, he goes into all of that. Yeah. So it's really worth uh, the listen. I really, it's funny because when I was talking about, oh, well, Chris and I want to go down the States and fish, I really want to fish with Joe Booker. Like, you don't just say, hey, I want to fish with Joe. You don't just do it. I understand that. But I would love, I would love to spend an afternoon with him on his boat. And he is, obviously because of his knowledge and who he is, but like, he really does seem like a great person just to kind of spend time with and just go fishing. You know, I really felt like Chris and I had a special connection with with Joe and um, probably one of my favorite takeaways from that episode was sort of the levels of advice, the sort of the expert. I forget what he said, uh, the sort of levels of analysis. We we were talking about um, figure eight eight techniques Mm -hmm. and then he kind of broke it down into like, you know... I won't say novice, but like mm-hmm. early anglers, like just beginning to intermediate to, and then all the way to like expert and pro anglers and how the kind of technique can be that much more advanced. Right. And you're right. He kind of broke it down step by step and really gives you in-depth knowledge of, of um, that, that specific process and many other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there's layers to this, you know, just, just when you think you've got something figured out, you talk to a guy like Joe and you realize, you know, there's a reason this guy catches so many fish and makes such great baits. He's, he's, he's got that analytical mind. So when, he, when you talk to him, you can just see how he translate, translates all that kind of analysis yeah. of the context in which he fishes in into his innovations and creations of, mm-hmm. of different baits. And, you know, we've all had success on the top rater, the depth rater. I mean, one yeah. of your favorite baits. Both. I've had tremendous success yeah. on both. And I'm sure there's My two nicest fish of- I've ever caught were on... Top Raider and, and Death Raider, respectively. And uh, Joe has a new format for his media, so check out his YouTube page. He's uh, sort of shifting formats and the way he brings his shows together. Really cool format. Um, he doesn't sort of make you wait until uh, the end of the episode for the great uh, fish to show themselves. It's a really cool way to watch fishing. And Joe's a pioneer, and he is adapting with the times and... Uh, sort of still leading the way so it's really nice to see and I hope we meet him one day I really do 
Okay, well, we've got to wrap this up because uh, we got another yeah. interview coming down the pipeline. You guys are going like to love this one. 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, anything else we want to wrap up? I mean, we talked about the Ugly Pike hoodies that are coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. And we promise you this time that they're actually coming <laughs> because we have the artwork in production. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think... Trip, the trip next year, we're probably going back to Laxul. Probably going back to Laxul, and we, you know, we'll probably hit like an Ottawa or, or a French River at some point. Or maybe St. Lawrence, if anyone uh, listening wants to help Chris and I out with some uh, pointers on the St. Lawrence or uh, something like that. That's uh, ground we would love to break. But I think, I think now in this year in review, to finish off, we want to just... Thank everybody for mm. listening to us and sending your messages into us and supporting us. And we hope that uh, we're providing a, a great service to yeah. you. And this again, this Frank and I, we, we have no, we have no kind of, we don't make any money on this. This is just all our own time that we, we invest to, cause we just have incredible passion for fishing, incredible passion for musky industry. Mm. And we have hopefully the same lineup, uh, the same kind of stature of, of, of guests coming in 2019. I have a feeling it'll be a lot like 2018, yeah. but better. So. And what are we at now? Well, you know, we're over 25,000 downloads. We're almost at 26,000 today. There you go. We we just I think we just crested 25,600 <clears throat> yesterday. So it's I can't keep track anymore. So we're we're, we're very thankful, guys. If you like the podcast, go to go over to the iTunes store and give us a review because it sort of helps our exposure. And, uh, you know, one day we would love to get sponsors. We're working on that right now. So if you would like to sponsor the show, reach out to us uh, with the goal of not becoming millionaires, but the goal of reinvesting, reinvesting yeah. in our audio equipment and pushing out a better product for you guys. And any guests or any potential guests that you yeah. think would be a, a great interview, just send, send us a message and we'll, we'll be on it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll 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 see you soon. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Cheers.